Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Hey, everybody, welcome in on a Thursday. Jim and Trent, we say hello to you. Jimmy B and TC right here on 1700, the champ, and a great show for you today. Ken Silverstein, Big Ten Conference Insider, will be coming up roughly in about 10 or 12 minutes, and we will pick his brain about the Big Ten and also his thoughts on the big Iowa Penn State football game. Trent, how you doing today, pal? Uh, doing very well, Jimmy B. A lot to get into here with our hour today, uh, World Series game number two last night, and yeah, Jim, going back to before the playoffs began, or if you remember, I was all about the Indians. I thought they were a dark horse. I thought they could get it going. Red Sox, I don't like their bullpen. Well, we know what happened. And then we go to the Astros and the defending champions, and we go through that. I Sometimes i got to kick myself. You know, this Red Sox team did win 108 games. Yes. They're not they a bunch of chumps. Yeah. And then we go before, and we're talking about the Dodgers, and I told you I like the value and you tried to talk me into it, and I, all right, yeah, I'll go with the Dodgers with you. And here we are again, 2 nothing. This just in, the Red Sox are really good. Oh, man, you are not kidding. And they just find ways, no matter what, to beat you. And it doesn't matter, Trent, if they play long ball, which they can do, or if they have to try to manufacture runs, which they did last night in that 4-2 win. Look, this was... It's a Red Sox team that, and I get it, a lot of people dislike the Red Sox. I don't think they dislike the Red Sox maybe as much as the Yankees, but it's close. And then you have a segment of the American public who are baseball fans that truly have a dislike for the Dodgers. Well, the Dodgers have not won a World Series since 1988, but they dislike the Dodgers because of the money that they spend and the payroll that they have and also the type of players that they get. Well, the Red Sox are pretty much the same way. Their budgets, I think the Red Sox have the highest uh, payroll and the Dodgers are like third or something like that. So this is a matchup. It's money ball. Big, big money ball in the World Series. And Trent, they won those games, meaning the Red Sox, with the talent that they have on a talent-laden roster, and they just find ways to beat you. It's not such as much as, okay, this is a dead-even heat. No, it's not. No. Boston won all those games for a reason, and they were consistent all year long. They never went through one of those big slumps. Remember, even when the Cubs won the World Series, remember they went through like about three or four weeks where everybody was freaking out because they had dropped like five or six in a row, then sure. win a game, and yeah. then dropped five or six. Red Sox never had that this year. Never had those big uh, losing streaks that you get during the dog days of summer. The Dodgers did, but the Red Sox didn't. I think you're right. I just think that they are just too good, meaning Boston. It's uh, maybe a disappointing end to things. We'll see. This very well could prove to be a series where home field advantage does play a big role, and they'll be bouncing back, and we'll see Hope you're right. what the Red Sox are going to do tomorrow. Is it Mookie Betts playing second base? Now, doing that, not only you are taking a guy that's been an outfielder for all season and throughout his major league career, putting him in the infield, then you're putting J.D. Martinez out there. That impacts what you are defensively. On both levels, you take one of the best, if not the best, defensive guy 
out of the outfield, put him in a spot that he hasn't played for a very long time. What can crop up there? Going to be interesting, the the chess match. Jim, isn't it crazy that now, 40-plus years later, we still get to the ultimate goal, the World Series, and two leagues play by different sets of rules? I mean, can you imagine... If we got to the NBA Finals and say, you know, when they when they play in Golden State, you can't forget they have that four point line. Don't forget about that. Or, or you know, we're playing in an Eastern Conference city and it's more physical. And and in the Eastern Conference, you get eight fouls a game. Just think of that. How stupid is it that we still have two sets of rules? It's amazing to me. You know what? And I hadn't given it much thought until you just referenced that. There's no two sets of rules in the NFL. There's no two sets of rules in the NHL. There's no two sets of rules in college football or basketball. But Major League Baseball has two sets of rules. The American with the DH and the National without the DH. The pitcher has to hit. You know, I I guess because the DH has been so ingrained in us and it has been now so many years past i never really thought about it trent until you just referenced that that's great on your part that's that's an excellent excellent point and once again it goes to show you the difficulties that major league baseball has i don't know if you saw this or not but game one of the world series was a disaster for television uh, television uh, network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it hardly did a blip as far as what you would think it would do uh, in in television ratings. And I just keep going back to your statement, and this was years ago, and I had just haven't forgotten it, that it has really turned into a regional-type sport. And if your team is not in it, then you're just a casual fan and really not that interested. Happens everywhere, and it's a big part of what baseball is and and certainly the concern for it going forward. Well, speaking of uh, localizing things, let's do that right now, Jim, and want to jump into Iowa State. I don't know if you saw my tweet last night. I retweeted Barrett Salee, who we've had in on the program in the past, college football writer with uh, CBS Sports. Southern guy, really enjoy his work, even if he does have a little SEC bias. But, Jim, this has nothing to do with the SEC, he tweeted out numbers that were at an offshore book. Now, don't don't get this wrong. This is not Vegas numbers. This isn't anything there. This is offshore. This is something that there probably isn't a whole lot of stakes, not a whole lot of betting interest in something like that. And I'm sure the limits are incredibly low. But the question was, and the prop bet that is out there, is who is coaching Ohio State next season for 2019? Who's the coach? Urban Meyer, still the favorite. Okay, obviously he's the coach there. Even with the loss of Purdue, you wouldn't anticipate that he wouldn't be there. But, Jimmy B, the interest here on the local front, the number two pick, the number two listed odds was Iowa State's Matt Campbell. (laughs) I saw that that tweet and I just shook my head. Uh, Look, his name is going to come up, especially now with what they have accomplished uh, winning at Oklahoma State and then knocking off West Virginia, the field storm afterwards, the subsequent fine, now getting ready to play against Texas Tech. Uh, Campbell has established Iowa State as a team to be reckoned with, no matter if you're in the Big 12 or playing them now in a bowl game. And I believe that his name 
and his youthfulness and the way that he can recruit with the staff that he has, Trent, has elevated his status tremendously. Look, Hawkeye fans would probably love to see Campbell go to another team someplace. But to be honest with you, I'm not so sure, unless it's Ohio State, and I know that's where you're going here, I'm not so sure that he would leave if he had offers after this season, unless it is Ohio State. And we know where he's from. We know what he grew up on. We get all of that. But he has stated time after time that he's not going anywhere until he accomplishes whatever goals that he has set for Iowa State. But it's funny to me. When I saw your tweet last night, and it was Meyer number one, and then Iowa State's Matt Campbell. That's 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 amazing. And there was also some goofy names on there. My favorite, I, I think, was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he was Jim, like yeah. <laughs> fifty to one. I mean, come on. I mean, it just it's so ridiculous. It was hilarious. It, again, don't read too much into this, but right. we've had this conversation. We got Ken Silverstein, and and we'll bring it up with Ken. Ohio people, this is not just. Because it's Iowa State and we're, we're localizing, this is not just a story here in this state. The people of Ohio, they know him incredibly well. We talk with Bill Bender from the Sporting News, a guy that grew up in Ohio, same age as Matt Campbell. He's told us before just the, the kind of confidence people in that state, what they know about Matt Campbell, what he's done at Iowa State, and they also know the limitations of the Iowa State program in comparison to a place like Ohio State. If you just look at the record if you, well, uh, you know, that win-loss record isn't great. People realize, though, you have to go deeper than that and looking what he inherited and what he was able to do. He's going to be a hot commodity. Iowa State has paid the money already. They put him up there. They have a huge buyout that goes there. And I'm with you, Jim. I don't think there are many jobs anymore that are going to get Matt Campbell to look around. But Ohio State is one of them. And one of the perspectives I do want to get from Ken Silverstein is Urban Meyer. Listening to his press conference this week, listening to him after the game, he just he doesn't feel like he's all there. And you go back to Florida and the way that that ended, are we going to get another health walk away? It wouldn't shock me at any, by any means. Uh, if you're right about that, it will stun the college football scene, though, if he does it twice, once at Florida and then again at Ohio State. Uh I, I'm kind of with you. I kind of took away from that press conference with Meyer that he was a little spacey. I I don't know if indeed he was still shell-shocked after what Purdue did to them. And, and it wasn't just Purdue. And you know this. You were there when Iowa pounded them uh, in that night game the, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And now they get pounded by Purdue in a, in a night game. So this is... This is going to be interesting, A, to see how Ohio State responds, and, of course, if they win out, meaning then that they would beat Michigan, and then on their way again to Indianapolis, and if they win there, then all of this conversation is most likely uh, moot. Right, so right. It would be it would be a meaningless conversation if all that takes place. Jim, finally here in our last uh, moment before we get to Ken Silverstein, you didn't win the lottery. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, I'm pretty bummed. The yeah. the pay per view for Tiger v Phil, 1999. Yeah. Are you gonna shell out the 20 bucks for this one? 
Is that where you're heading, or is your cheapness going to prevail again? I'm pretty disappointed in that price. I was hoping that it would have been about seventeen fifty. That's more in my budget. <laughs> that that twenty dollar thing, uh, that that's problematic for me. You know that seventeen fifty. I might have been able to spring for. I may have to uh, talk to you after the show about possible loans. Uh, I got you. Ken Silverstein coming up next. It's Jimmy B at TC. What up, Des Moines? It's Bill Ryder. So great to be talking to the hometown once again. Catch Ryder than you every weekday from 6 to 9 p.m. on 1700 The Champ. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Once upon a time, many years ago, the Ronald McDonald House of Central Iowa began helping families who have a sick or injured child. Today, you can help these families and enjoy a great night out at the 19th Annual Ronald McDonald House Gala on Saturday, November the 3rd. The theme this year is Once Upon a Time, so come dressed up in your fairy tale costume and enjoy great food, drinks, and a silent auction. Reserve your tickets or table at rmhdesmoines.org. That's rmhdesmoines.org. When you choose Ankeny Towing for your 24-hour towing and roadside assistance needs, you'll get the fast service you need from their courteous and reliable team. From towing for cars and motorcycles to accident recovery, jump starts, lockouts, fuel delivery, tire changes, and more, you'll get superior service from Ankeny Towing. Ankeny Towing is the preferred towing provider for most insurance companies. They're on call 24-7. Program 515-964-9816 into your phone now for Ankeny Towing. That's 515-964-9816. Ankeny Towing, your reliable tow. The votes are in and the people have spoken. The majority of Central Iowa residents are sick of their old rides. Hey, Joe Clements here from Capital, Capital City, City Motor, Motor Company. Company. All these political ads are hogging the airtime and blocking me out, leaving me with absentee buyers and way too many cars. So I'm left with a huge election selection. That means you could save up to four grand on a nicer, newer car or rally your party for just ten bucks down. Cast your old ride aside and vote for a nicer, newer car today. Worried your credit will keep you off the ticket? Don't be my one and only for the people. Credit approval process means we want to say yes to you, even if you've been told no before. So join the nicer, newer car party and get the car you deserve. Elect to drive a nicer, newer car and save up to four grand or just ten bucks down. But hurry, just like campaign promises, this deal won't last past the end of the month. I'm Joe Clements, and I'm your dealer for the people, and I approve this message. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University, one block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com ApprovedByJoe.com www.approvedbyjoe.com Purchase price effects, actual discount, all terms Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that 
that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to completeautowraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at completeautowraps.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charter House Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated and welcome back everybody we continue right here jimmy b and tc on 1700 the champ welcoming in big 10 conference insider ken silverstein ken good afternoon to you as always and let us begin with your beloved ohio state buckeyes okay i know that you don't really care since you're in the media and you cover it uh, as an open book but my god what a thumping that was by purdue well if we uh, retrace our steps i think i was uh, the individual who was uh, boldly predicting that purdue would win now did i think <laughs> purdue was going to win by that many no i did not in, in no lifetime did i ever think that um there are reasons i mean i could do three four hours on what's going on here or what i think is going on um i've had some conversations with some people that i trust very much um They've had two consecutive number two recruiting classes, only behind Alabama two years ago and Georgia last year. Um, they are a very young squad, but at the same time, they are disjointed, meaning Ohio State, and that they're doing something they don't want to do, yet they're forced to do it. And that is offensively because of the decision and it was the right one to make because he's a better player than Joe Burrow, who's now at LSU. In Dwayne Haskins over Joe Burrow, they are running an offense that they don't want to run. They're, they just don't want to do it. They're fighting themselves because they are a power spread club, and they are not running a power spread. They're running basically a Big 12, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, 
Baylor of a few years ago offense, and that is not them. Yet, because of the quarterback, and obviously it's the most important position on the field, no matter what level you're talking about, this is going to be a one-year unique take a snapshot because you're not going to see it again. Next year, Tate Martell will be the starting quarterback. He is a cross between Braxton Miller and J.T. Barrett. He's out of Las Vegas. Bishop Gorman High School never lost a high school game. He was a fringe five-star out of Las Vegas. He will be the starting quarterback next year when Haskins, uh, most likely a late mid-first-round pick, goes to the NFL. And they then will go back to what they do. And I think that's part of their problem. They are doing something that they think is successful because he's got 30 touchdowns and five picks and is going to be in the Heisen running and is in the Heisen running. But at the same time, it's not what they do. It's not what they want to do. So this is going to be a one-year off-ramp to whatever interstate you want to call it and then get back on the interstate next year and purr down the road with what they want to do which, again, is a run-throw, 25 passes, no more, very balanced, power-running game, what they've done basically for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's who they are. That's why they are who they are. And this is a one-year aberration offensively. It looks good at times, and then at other times, like the Purdue game, it just, it's not balanced enough. It's just flat out not balanced enough. Ken, uh, over to Urban Meyer. Uh, another mm-hmm. frustrating loss, I know, for the Buckeye fans, not losing but getting blown out. A year ago it happened to the Hawkeyes here to Purdue. Frustration certainly mounting there. Disengage, you know, listening to the comments that he has made afterwards, listening to him talk about, you know, the way that he breaks down things. We know how the tenure at Florida ended. Take us in. What's happening right now with Urban Meyer? And and if he seems to you to be, like I said, disengaged from the program. Again, this could be a three- or four-hour conversation. This stuff is really complex. I was there on Monday in Columbus talking to some folks. And let's see if I can make this as short as possible. I, I don't know if anybody knows what's going to happen. Um, I think he's got some health issues. Now, do I know that to be gospel? No, I do not. I've been told by certain people uh, that he's not feeling 100%, uh, that he might take a year off and then come back. Um, I've heard some people say he may take a year off, go back to doing TV with ESPN or somewhere else, and that coach can't. He doesn't need the money, that is for sure. Right. And he doesn't need it for the resume. He's got three national titles and a winning percentage that is just staggering. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Nothing, nothing will surprise me. Um, they have Nebraska coming up a week from Saturday in Columbus. They go to Michigan State. Um, Michigan State is not that good, particularly offensively. They're awful, to be honest with you. They're really tough to watch. Rowicki is has regressed uh, or regressed as a quarterback, so um, I think that's a W. They go to Maryland. Uh, that'll be a W, and then Obviously, the biggest game on any calendar in the Big Ten is the Michigan game, the team up north, as they like to say, and that's in Columbus. Um, I think it depends. I think if they win out, which I think they got a shot, if they don't, 
Um, I think so. I think he's got to make a difficult decision on what he wants to do if he is having health issues, whether or not he wants to continue doing this. He's got like four more years on his contract, um, so they'd have to settle on that. Um, I saw, and I think you guys probably saw, um, the odds of him and who might replace him. Yes. Um, I did talk to some people. Uh, Bob Stoops is a very viable candidate. Uh, and one that I would support immensely. One, he's an Ohio guy that's very important in these parts. Um, number two, he's flat out one at Oklahoma. Three, he's taking a year, couple years off right now. Um, I've been told by some, uh, he's from Youngstown, Ohio. Been told by some people over in Youngstown, uh, that he, if he would come back, the only job he would take would be Ohio State. It's a top three, max five job nationally. There aren't many jobs that are better than Ohio State football. Uh, so Stoops' name has come up. Um, let's see, Tom Herman will not be a candidate. Uh, they do not like Tom Herman right now because of Tom Herman's involvement in the Zach Smith fiasco. Uh, so if he ever thought he was coming back to Columbus, that ain't going to ever happen. Uh, not as long as uh, certain people are uh, with the Board of Regents. That ain't going to happen. Um, a couple other names have come up. Um, tell you what, Jeff Brom helped his cause a whole bunch Saturday night. Don't know what his contract states in regards to if he wanted to leave, could Purdue stop him from taking another job within the Big Ten. I can tell you this, if they wanted him, Purdue can't challenge him monetarily. In no lifetime would that ever occur. So if they wanted Jeff Brom, and Jeff Brom wanted to take it, and it would be a major step up from Purdue, uh, no matter what happened on Saturday night. You're talking about a top three, five job, and Purdue is, mm, please, not even a top 50 job at this point. Um, would he take it? I don't know. I don't know if Jeff Brom would take it or not. If he wanted it, uh, they would pay it, obviously, and Purdue would not, could not challenge it. And you can't compare the two jobs. So um, those names have come up. Coach Campbell's name at Iowa State has come up. Um, he's done a nice job, real nice job, at Iowa State. He would be a candidate. And Ryan Day, who is on staff now, led him to a 3-0 and start and is one of the real hotshot assistant coaches in the country. He also would be in the mix. Personally, if he did leave, I would go after Bob Stoops. Ken, let me follow up with that then quickly. Is is there still a hangover over what happened with the assistant coach and his wife at that time? Is that is that still part of the equation as far as Ohio State fans or inner workings around Ohio State and around Urban Meyer? Well, again, we could do three or four hours on this topic. I'm serious. This is meaty, meaty stuff here. Um, look. From what I was told, and this is, I think this is an impeccable nugget, that when they had the meeting that went on for hours, remember, and then they had the press yes. conference that was shown nationally, so forth, uh, that night. Earlier in that day when they had a very lengthy meeting, the way I have been told, the vote breakdown was about 90 to 95% to no suspension. Okay, These are big money guys, okay? These are some of the most powerful people. Uh, that are involved with this school, okay? 
but the president of the university, as most presidents of universities happen to be, are pretty spineless in general, okay? I think it's part of the resume to get the gig, okay? They're politicians, basically. And Michael Drake is the president at Ohio State, and even though most things work in a democracy, this thing wasn't a democracy. The way it was worked was he was advised, and he ultimately made the decision. So he knows what the votes are. He knows what people are saying. And so what does he do? He does the opposite of what more than the majority wanted him to do. And I think he overreacted. I think he was looking to appease uh, certain people in the national media, okay, who you're never going to change their minds. Okay, fine. I've been doing this a long time. Most times you're not going to change my mind. I get it. I know these people. Jim knows these people. Trent knows these people. The bottom line is they're not going to change their mind. So no matter what you do, you're not going to change their mind. So why appease these folks? But that's what he did. So I think there is, Jim, still some tension. Bad blood might be a little strong, but it's somewhere between tension and bad blood. And if the source come up with the right word or term. And I think if he did step aside, I think some of it might be medically, some of it may be how Drake handled it, and because he would be—he's he, not going to leave because lack of talent. He knows he's got gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of talent. He's got two top two recruiting classes that are now a redshirt freshman and true freshman. So he's not looking at the cupboard and going, "Oh my goodness, we got nothing." No, he's got—he's got. He's got Tons of it, and he knows it. But he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the aggravation. Um, might there be a power play to try to force Drake out? There could be. Football coaches, especially at this level, at this football type of school, where football is everything. Okay, every. This is Alabama, boys and girls. This is Alabama, the Midwest. Okay, that's how they they view it, and it'll never ever ever change. It goes back to Woody Hayes and onward. It's 50 years or more of tradition. That ain't going to change. If they want Drake out, there are enough money people to force him out. But I don't know. I'm not heard that. I've not heard enough of that. I've heard a trickle of it, but not enough to get it done. We'll see. If he goes to certain people and says, I want him out and we need to keep this quiet, and I didn't tell you this, there is enough money in that school, and that's the, the largest alumni association in the country, okay? There is so much money behind it that if they want to do it, they'll do it in a New York second. It's a question of whether they want to do it and how, how do they pull it off without it looking like a massacre or like a coup d'etat. So we'll see. It's possible, but right now, as of this conversation, I would say that Drake is probably the president is safe for the time being. Ken Silverstein joining us, our Big Ten Conference insider. As uh, we talk a lot of Buckeyes there, the Matt Campbell connection, and a whole lot more. But let's move away from that, and let's go to, well, your neighbor, the Michigan State. Oh, yes. And what happened this week? Embarrassing look for the conference. Kirk Ferentz during his uh, coaches show last night, though without directly calling out Michigan, Michigan State talked about what an embarrassing look it is for the conference. And when the dean of coaches that doesn't ruffle many feathers has something to say, I think a lot of people across the Big Ten should be listening. 
What a terrible display out of both the Spartans and the Wolverines Saturday. Yeah, and and the thing is, um, it just doesn't need to be done. First of all, if you're if you're Michigan, and you have to look at it from all schools' perspective. We'll start with Michigan first of all. Okay. Michigan State needs this to be a rivalry because it's in state. We all get that. It's a geographical thing. Okay. You could also make an argument, big brother, little brother, and all that stuff. Okay, fine. That's been well spoken about and well discussed uh, over the last umpteen years. Michigan's got one rival, and we all know who that is. Okay? So I'm not sure why Michigan is getting caught up in this stuff. Michigan should look at it, maybe not verbally, publicly, as, look, we got one rival, it's arguably the biggest rivalry in college football. You can argue Alabama-Auburn, but okay, fine. We'll put them off to the side for the time being. We don't need to get, from Michigan's perspective, they don't need to get caught up in this stuff. They're, they should look at it as we are above this, okay? We are Michigan, okay? We don't, we don't, we don't roll around in this CRAP. No, 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 no. We're, we're hotty-totty. We're above this. Now, let's turn the page and go to Michigan State. Michigan State has one rival. It happens to be Ann Arbor, okay? They need and look at this very differently, okay? They get bothered because Michigan's got this la-di-da attitude. Whether it's deserved or not, it can be debated for a long time, but I think they should have it, okay? They're the bigger of the two schools. Um, they have had a lot more success than Michigan State over the last four or five decades, okay? So you can't compare Michigan State football with Michigan football. It just doesn't add up. Wins, losses, conference titles, All-Americans, et cetera, et cetera. They just, it pales in comparison. Whether that's right or wrong, that's just the way it is, okay? So Michigan State should just say, you know what, let's just win games against our tribals, which obviously they've done over the last mm, eight, ten years, okay? And let's just not lower ourselves. Let's not get caught up in the crap and and the shenanigans and the holding of arms, and, you know, and all this other stuff. And let's just let's just play the game. Okay, let our uh, let our play and the game speak for itself, and not get caught up in stuff that will bring us down even lower or further. Maybe a better saying it. And obviously, all of that didn't work on Saturday. Now you can finger point and blame, and what the conference did was not serious enough was not enough to get anybody's attention, okay? I mean, come on. I mean, come on, Kamish. If you're going to scold people, make sure they know that it's serious, okay? These public reprimands and what was it, $10,000 fine? Please. Yep. $10,000 is like a dollar to me, okay? <laughs> For, or Jim. Or, or try, well, it's not, it's just not going to, it just doesn't do anything. And so it was not a good look. Uh, Coach Kirk is correct, and you're right, Trent. When he talks, because of who he is and because of his resume, meaning the number of years, that has to be taken seriously. Now, whether it's taken seriously by D'Antonio and Harbaugh, Coach Kirk don't care, quite frankly, and they probably don't care. But I do know who does care, and that's Delaney and his minions. They need to care, okay? And it's not a good look when one... It's done last Saturday. Two, the league doesn't do a good enough job of reprimanding. And three, when you have the dean of coaches 
flat out saying this is an embarrassment in so many words. If you're Delaney, you're going, you know what? This is not good. You know, we need to do something privately to say to these two schools and others that we are not going to accept this. This is the Big Ten. This is not some rinky-dink conference. You know, we, we live by credibility in this conference, and that wasn't credible. So, boys and girls, listen up. If it ever happens again, there are going to be serious, serious ramifications. I would hope he's done that. Whether he has, I don't know. I don't know if that's his, I don't think that's his M.O., but that's what I would do. Ken Silverstein is our guest. Jimmy B. and T.C. right here on 1700 The Champ. Take me to the big game for Iowa and Penn State. Uh, Penn State, a near-touchdown favorite right now, between six, six and a half. Where are you on this game right now, Ken? Oh, first of all, it's a great game. And, I mean, it's one you have arguably in the Hawkeyes right now, as of this conversation, even last week. I think I, I, think I had Iowa, Trent. Please, if I, I think I said I was the third best team mm-hmm. in the conference. Yep. yep, I'd say right now they're the second best team in the conference. Now, do they have the second best talent? No, they don't. But that's not. We're looking at how they're playing right now: wins against losses on the eve of Penn State. So I've moved them up to number two. Michigan is number one. I got Ohio State third as of this conversation. Okay, you got the second best team in the conference in my eyes facing a team that probably right now is fourth in Penn State, because I would have it Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State at four, and then I'd probably have Purdue. Um, I know they had the great win, and I get that, but I don't, I don't think, I'm, I'm not going to base it just on one game, and I know they won four in a row, but for the time being, I got Purdue five. That could be debated, I know. All right, Iowa against Penn State. Can Penn State actually lose? Not one. Not two, but three home games in a row? Let's backtrack for a moment. Ohio State at night. Michigan State late afternoon into night, and then obviously on the eve of the eve of Iowa. So Iowa's thinking to themselves, or at least Iowa fan is thinking to themselves, wait a second, when's the last time that Penn State has lost three home games in a row in what is arguably one of the toughest venues to visit, not only the Big Ten, but you could argue nationally. So that's going against Iowa, that the odds of them losing three consecutive home games is pretty difficult to digest. But on the flip side, Iowa is playing better football than Penn State. Okay? Then you look at the two quarterbacks. And you could argue that now Stanley is playing slightly better than uh, McSorley, even though McSorley is a really good Big Ten quarterback and is a is a winner, is a gym rat, he's a gamer, whatever you want to want to call me. It's just a flat-out pain in the you-know-what if you're rooting uh, for the other team. Um, Miles Sanders, their running back, is pretty good, but he ain't Saquon Barkley. So if I'm Iowa, and I think anybody that plays Penn State looks at it twofold. One, stop their running game, force McSorley to beat you, but if you're going to beat Penn State and McSorley, you got to keep them in the pocket. You can't let them zig and zag and zag and zig, okay? Because if he does, he will terrorize most teams. That's the key. Ohio State was able to do it a little bit. Michigan State even did a better job of it. If Iowa can stop the running game, keep them in the pocket, make sure he doesn't rip off 20, 30, 40 yards at a, 
at a shot here and there and force him to beat you flat out through the air. Now, I know what he did on the last drive in Iowa City last go-around. I get that. I totally understand it. The play is playing right now in my head. I get it. Back of the end zone, touchdown. I get it. It was a great throw. Almost was tipped and knocked down. It wasn't caught. Touchdown. Obviously, Penn State wins. So, um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a hotter team. I, I, it's very difficult to pick against Penn State at home, but you know what? I think they're going to lose again. I, I got Iowa by three. I think it's going to be very close. Here's one other factor. One other factor. Penn State's field goal game is very inconsistent. An if Iowa kid down, with an Iowa kid. Right, with an Iowa kid, but yeah. he's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Okay, his numbers aren't great. He's, I think he's a young guy. I think he's like he a freshman. freshman. Yep. Yeah, and I just think if it's close, think if it's close, if I'm Penn State, I'm getting real religious real quick, if you know what I'm saying, that he's going to split the upright. Nothing against the kid. He might end up having a great career and whatever. And I don't know the young man. Hopefully he's a very nice young man. He is. But I've seen him kick, and he's been inconsistent. Okay, so I think if it's close, and he has to tie it or win it, then I don't think Iowa. Iowa. I think Iowa's I almost at Iowa State. I think Iowa's in pretty good shape. So I think Iowa by three, 24-21, but it's going to be a great game. And um, it'll be noisy. It won't be, it won't be as noisy as it could be, but it will be noisy. And um, it's tough for the offensive lineman. It's tough for the quarterback. He's using hand signals because he can't be hurt. It's like standing in front of a 747 as it takes off. It's so loud uh, at Happy Valley. Good stuff, Aiken. Out of time for today, and we will do it again next week. Enjoy the Big Ten football this weekend. Look forward to it. Talk to you next Thursday, guys. There he is, Ken Silverstein, our Big Ten Conference insider with the luck in. And, yeah, he brought up Jake Pinnegar, who just a year ago at this time, Jimmy B., I was calling his games. He was, you know, getting ready to cake, and he said, Teddy will help to take him to the semifinals. The funny thing is, of course, outstanding kicker, committed to Penn State uh, a year ago last summer, but... He also played, he was a wide receiver for them. He's a really good athlete, and I think that's why programs like Penn State were involved. It wasn't just this scrawny little kicker out there that could boot the football. He's a really good <laughs> athlete. Tons of upside, but he is struggling right now. He, he's gone through mm-hmm. some issues. True freshman, he's 6-10 on the year. He's had a, a missed extra point this season. Ain't could he centennial kid, and maybe it'll come down to that, boy. Uh, that would be an interesting conclusion to Penn State Iowa. That would be uh, something else if 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 indeed it rides on his uh, leg being able to put one through the uprights and then he does and the the local boy yes <laughs> beats beats the beats one of the state's teams oh man i can see the headlines now yes uh, absolutely (laughs) we'll get a break coming back putting a cap on things jimmy b and tc continues on 1700 the champ back with you one final time it's jimmy b and tc on 1700 the champ jim tonight a lot of football baseball takes a respite and back at it for game three in la tomorrow jimmy b we got the nfl it's houston miami uh, hard to get even though both teams have winning records it's difficult yeah. for me to get excited about that. College football, we got a Big 12 game tonight with Baylor and West Virginia. Vod Tech against Georgia Tech. I love watching the triple option. I like the Sun Belt game tonight. 6-1 and one Appy State in the rankings against another 6-1 and one team 
in Georgia Southern. So a good night of football, Jimmy B. Hasn't always been the case on Thursday. A lot of different options to flip through this evening. Um, that means that I'll probably be parked at a uh, familiar spot mm. and have several of the uh, games right in front of me. My location, when I'm at the refreshment stand, I have four monitors. So I'll be in great shape this evening, Trent. Have a little bite to eat and enjoying football on the big screen. It'll be fun. What game are you looking most forward to? What's the one that will catch your eye the most? Well, I have, obviously, I I like the NFL, so I will uh, be interested to see how Miami plays at Houston. Remember, um, no Tannehill, Brock Osweiler gets another start for the Miami Dolphins, and Houston is starting to come on. They now lead that AFC South, and I want to see Deshaun Watson as well, uh, just because... Remember, that was an unusual story. He did not fly with the team to mm-hmm. Jacksonville. They bust him yep. because his ribs were so bad. They didn't want him to go up uh, in an airplane. And they ended up winning that game, and Watson played fine. And then he had to bust back. So this ought to be uh, – there, there's just a couple of stories surrounding that game uh, that I find intriguing. Um, I will sample, of course, the West Virginia-Baylor game. I want to see how West Virginia comes back. And do they look like the West Virginia before they ran into Iowa State that night? Baylor has a winning record. And if you would have told me they would have had a winning record uh, halfway through the season, I probably would have said, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But they do. And they have played some of the better teams in the Big 12 really tough. I mean, they gave Texas all they could handle. Yeah. So I want to see how that plays out, although the game is uh, at West Virginia. App State is always interesting because I always go back to App State upsetting Michigan. And I'm happy that they are now ranked number 25 in the polls. So that's why I will peek in on that. And I'm with you, Trent. If Georgia Tech is playing and they're using the old wing tee or the veer or that triple option thing that they do. Yeah, they don't run uh, the veer, Jimmy B, but they do run the triple option. Know, yeah, they do run the triple option. They're, they're like, I'm surprised they don't come out with leather helmets on <laughs> and, and no face mask. So from that aspect, it's always an interesting game. Because I always look at it, Trent, and try to guess who's going to end up with the football. That's half the fun of watching Georgia Tech play. Is the quarterback going to keep? Is he going to hand it off to the first back, the second back, or maybe a lateral to the third back? Uh, that's, that's why I find Georgia Tech somewhat uh, entertaining uh, when I would take a peek at one of their games. Should be a good one tonight. Great night of sports overall. There'll be some crappy NBA. Jim will probably be watching that tonight. <laughs> I, I, I might be late night, too, with the Nuggets undefeated against the Lakers. I'll be dipping oh, yeah. in late tonight. I just like to throw shade Jimmy B's way. We'll be back at it tomorrow here from 1 until 2 o'clock, talking with it about it with you on a football Friday. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll be back here at 4 o'clock with Wolfgang for the drive, 4 until 6 o'clock. We got Kevin Lehman stopping by, some college basketball talk with him. Zuba Mahente will be with us in the 5 o'clock hour and the top 5 at 5, plus a whole lot more on the drive from 4 until 6 o'clock. We'll talk to you then. Have a great day, everybody.